What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Big day today in uh, the world of Texas Tech with Joey McGuire being hired as the head football coach. And with that comes a lot of questions on recruiting and staff and all that. So we've got Jordan Strubeck here to former Red Raider Sports staff member to make his case for Sonny Cumbie and why he should lead the offense. And so this is good. And uh, here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online and it's easy and and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at prmiraider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for for any of your needs for anything like that. All right. Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, We've got, it's been a very, very eventful uh, couple of weeks since we had to uh, take a few weeks off due to work and school and all that. But so we've got plenty to talk about and we've had so much to talk about. Um, I've got Hunter Davidson with me, but I've also got um uh jordan strebeck a former red raider sports staffer um i believe he told me 2009 was his last year but this this situation called for the big guns and to come out of retirement Ah. so uh jordan first of all did i pronounce your last name right and welcome uh yes amazingly against the odds you you stuck the landing on that one so uh, thank you yes and then Hunter, we've it's been a while, but how are you? I'm doing okay. <laughs> You're doing better than okay. I know that for a fact. Um, but the reason we have Jordan on is because we've we got a passionate message, Hunter and I, from him in our Red Raider Sports inbox about uh, Sonny Cumbie. I think initially it was for this guy should be our head coach, if I'm not mistaken, uh, or at least be considered. But now that we do have a head coach, Joey McGuire, it is now transitioned to this is Jordan arguing why Sonny Cumbie should be our offensive coordinator moving forward. And so I will let you have the floor. This is your this is the forum. Oh, Take- oh man, that's a dangerous that's a dangerous, dangerous thing. Uh, <laughs> I guess. So, why? Why did you feel so strongly? That'd be a good place to start. Yeah, I, I don't know that I ever thought I, I don't know that my position was ever, hey, Sonny should be uh the head coach or 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 anything like that I mean I I do think like it I think what struck a chord with me is I saw I saw a handful of folks uh and I think to steal your terminology Taylor they were just very loud uh stating opinions on rare sports about like oh dear lord I think you know uh level said something about you know Cumby potentially being you know in the mix depending on how things broke and things like that and uh and just people's response generally 
to the job he's he had done thus far uh, as offense coordinator. I just thought, man, that's really that's a very vitriolic, strange reaction. Um, and so I started looking into the data and wound up, uh, you know, I'm a data guy. I'm an Excel jockey uh, by trade. And so I went down that deep, dark rabbit hole of uh, pulling all the advanced analytics that I that I had uh, available at my fingertips in a sort of a database and looking at different trends and stuff going back to like 2011 uh, and uh, and just was kind of like, man, where's the data point? And it turns out the data points towards Sonny Cumbie being a really, really good uh, offensive coordinator. And yeah. so uh, anyway, I, I, you know, the way things have, have transpired, uh, you know, the last two weeks or, or whatever, whatever the time frame is, um, I'm, I'm really happy. I think, I think Joey McGuire will do a great job. I think, um, I, I think you can really, really see uh, a scenario in which, uh, having having someone like Sonny as his offense coordinator would be a really big help to him. But, you know, so I think the, the topic is still relevant, but either way, it was like, hey, looking at the data, what does the data say? Like, it, has Sonny Covey been an improvement in, in the offense coordinator slot or not? Because yeah. to hear, and I don't have any of the quotes and I don't want to put anybody on blast, <laughs> but to hear, you know, there have been some people that have been like, man, I hope we can retain Sonny Covey on staff. Like, and then somebody would be like, if we do, we will never win another game. You know, I mean, the, just the <laughs> hyperbole has been just yeah. borderline, you know, comical. So anyway, that was really the, the the genesis behind me looking at it. And really, so most of what I most of what I spent my time looking at, Hunter, you can probably speak to this more than I can. Um, Hold on, before your- before you get into the data, I have one, I have a question for both y'all before we yeah. get into. It. And yeah. I'll let Hunter Hunter go first because I can just tell he's itching to get on the mic here, but. Um, <laughs> My question is why why do people seem to hate the idea of Sunny Cumbie? Because my theory, I guess I have two. One is people like to point out the typical tech thing, like why can't we hire outside of our circle? And my second one is, is anything that touched Wells tainted in a sense? Like because he was on a Wells staff, it needs to be done. So I think, yeah, I think what you those two things for sure. And then there's the um narrative that he was demoted at tcu yeah that's that's a good one uh and then also when you watch a team every every time every week you're gonna see bad things happen and when you are thinking of the mythical offensive coordinator that you don't watch you don't see those bad things so (laughs) when you're comparing the two things the two two coordinators you're gonna (laughs) you're gonna put the one that you don't watch on a pedestal and then the cumby that you've watched you know us go three and out at least once uh you're gonna you know think of him more negatively at. So that's my opinion. And we're five and four. We've lost. We've lost games. I don't, I don't think, I think the offense though has not cost us any, I think it's only cost us one game. And I don't know if that it was the coordinator's fault necessarily. It could have been. For sure. Jordan, you have anything to add there? I I think all that, everything that Hunter said was true. I think uh, the other thing is I think we have a human nature is to, for the grass to always be greener on the other side. Yeah. And then just to expand it out, I think there are there's, there are big chunks of our fan base. And I don't want to say this in a, in, a, in a sense that it's undeserved. I think there's a big chunk of our fan base that is just so sick and tired of being sick and tired yeah. that it's like that I think, you know, they're mad at Kirby. They're mad at Wells. They're mad at the guy that cleans out the, you know, you know, the urinals at Jones AT&T Stadium. Like they don't care. They're just mad. Yeah. And it's like they just want, like you said, just like just get me out of here and get, get somebody else in new that'll fix all this. Cause this, 
the way it's been going hadn't been working. So I, I think you're, I think you're, when you're reading some of those posts, it's sort of like, you know, I don't know if you guys, uh, both, both you guys, I guess, are, are married, but the whole, it's not about the nail thing. Have you seen that, you know, that sketch? It's not about the nail. I have uh, not. You, you got to Google, it's not about the nail. So I think a lot of these posts are about Sunny, but they're not really about Sunny. It's like they're about, they're about something uh, quite a bit bigger, but, you know, that's my theory. And Hunter is not married, just, just for the ladies out there. No, I'm not single though either. <laughs> My girlfriend does listen to these. So. Put that out what, is, what is that old uh, that old joke? It's like I don't have a girlfriend, but I know a girl who would be really mad if she heard me say that. <laughs> so anyway, um, I know you have numbers to back to back well, back your theory up. So I, we can get into those. So yeah, so most of what I spent my time looking at was the F plus. Um, sort of data, which is a, a composite of the FEI index and the SP plus index. Which... And the FEI, so yeah, FEI is, I've been looking at it for a long time and it used to not just from my perspective, because I would, um, I look at some of these, I, some of the, like SP plus and FEI, and I'll kind of put a hodgepodge together of them and I'll compare them against the line, the betting line. And like, Five or six years ago, uh, the FEI was not impacting the line, and now it is. And it's it, it's uh, the reason I like it is because if you do this for basketball, uh, it's identical to Kim Palm, like what he does. It's just yes. he boils it down to a it, it's tempo agnostic, okay? Which is it, it really it shouldn't trigger me the way it does, but football <laughs> stats and just the way people like reference football stats are so just misguided because it, it's they're the number one factor is that how many possessions there are in the game yeah and people just forget that and so um, in basketball it's not as big of a deal because for the most part people can play a sim similar amount of possessions but uh and football it is a big deal and the fei is great because it just comes down to per possession so anyways yeah. that it's the kim palm version of football no no yeah so like i said i'm a, i'm a data guy and i my my biggest thing in looking at all this stuff is, hey, what's apples to apples? And how can you, as as best as you can, make sure that you're comparing apples to apples and not apples to hand grenades, which half the time, you, some of the stuff people throw out there, they're like, well, look at the total yardage. And it's like total yardage, you can put that in one hand and $5 in the other, and one will get you half a meal and the other won't. Like it, it, total yardage doesn't make a hill of beans difference. Um, so between the two, between the two sort of metrics and, and the F plus putting together the composite of the two should be adjusting for your opponent. Um, it should be adjusting for uh, pace. So it should be pace neutral as, uh, as Hunter just mentioned. And then it also throws out sort of garbage time snaps and, uh, and FCS opponents. So really all in all, pretty, pretty good normalization set of data. Now, what, what this, what it doesn't account for is it doesn't account for recruiting, right? So it doesn't account for overall talent and it doesn't account for relative talent or talent differential. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it, it might account for the University of Houston's strength of schedule and their expected outcomes per the FEI and SP+. However, it does not account for whether or not Houston might have more talent versus that same set of opponents relative to, say, you know, Tulsa. Uh, as an example. So for instance, th these aren't going to capture, you're not going to have, it's not going to penalize Alabama for having better talent uh, despite playing the same schedule as say Ole Miss, they've obviously got better talent. So 
doesn't doesn't account for uh, relativity of of talent and recruiting, but then also it doesn't account for quarterback health. And in all the data sets that I evaluated over the last two weeks, um, basically, if you said, hey, if, if, I, if I could ask one question before the season that would help me determine whether I wanted to bet the over or the under on a season win total, uh, asking, I, I would ask you, you know, did the same quarterback start, you know, all 12 games and 95% of the snaps? Yeah. And, if, and if you answer that, if you answer yes to that, I'd say that that's pro- that's the, that's the biggest predictor of offensive success is quarterback health. Also, um, didn't take into account weather. Just and also, also didn't take into account weather. Very good, very good. Uh, so anyway, that uh, that th- those that's what it doesn't take into account. And basically, what I found is company's track record's pretty pretty darn salty. Um, I, I think it's really hard. There's a lot of noise uh, in the in the TCU data. Basically, what you see if you look at it year by year is. He and Meacham show up uh, in that first year, same exact personnel, more or less, as they had the year before. And uh, I think jumped up about 80 spots in the F-plus rankings. Um, we're top 25 the next year as well. Uh, had a little bit of a drop-off in year three. Of course, he lost Trayvon Boykin and a, and a host of other really important players. Um, and Kenny Hill wasn't, wasn't healthy the entire year. Still had, I think, a top 50 um, F-plus ranking. And then, of course, that was the year that uh, that Ole Miss and UT and a couple other spots uh, made a run at Cumbie uh, as their play caller. And I think, you know, uh, at that point, he was already m- pretty much uh, calling the offense at uh, at TCU. I think he and Meacham were were co-OCs, but really it was it was Cumbie's offense. He was coaching the quarterbacks and he was calling it. And so. Uh, you know, basically Patterson told Meacham, hey, you're, you know, we're, we're going a different direction um, and kind of made what was already official, official. Meacham goes and joins Kansas. Uh, Kansas offense doesn't change at all in the F plus rankings. Uh, and Meacham winds up getting fired a year and a half later in the middle of the season. Um, and then that first year that Cumbie was the solo C, you have Kenny Hill healthy for 11 to 12 games. And for those 11 uh, games, uh, TCU's offense was top 20 in the F plus. And then you had to start a true freshman in that one game, uh, that Hill was not healthy and he throws, he what throws game was that? Yards. I think that was against us 2017. Yes. I think it was, was against us. Yeah. They beat, they beat us. Yeah. He yeah. just ran everywhere. If I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah. Only, only threw for 80 yards with the yes. true freshman backup. Yes. Uh, and the guy ended up leaving and playing like safety at a division two school. Yeah, at Missouri, yes. he started. So he transferred to Missouri, competed for the quarterback job, and then wound up starting for him for like a year and a half at safety yes. at Missouri. Yes, because uh, he we played when Tech played him the next year in Fort Worth. He was the quarterback and was horrendous. Not good. Yes, yeah, not not great. <laughs> and got and and was dinged up that year. Uh, so that was 2018. I think that would classify along every front as sort of a disaster, worst case scenario. I think there was some culture stuff going on uh, behind the scenes as well. I don't think Gary Patterson's a a, a, a guy that you would say is a put people in position to excel and let them do their job kind of guy. Especially uh, an offensive so, coordinator. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, when things started kind of going south that year, I, I think that got tough. Um, you also, you, I mean, your best player on that entire offense was Gavante Turpin. You kick him off. Uh, basically, uh, I think in week five, you lose your starting quarterback to injury. 
Uh, and then week six, you wind up having to kick him off for the year. You wind up starting a walk-on graduate transfer from Penn, I think, uh, Michael Collins maybe, uh, and who, who does pretty well. And then like three games later, he gets hurt. Uh, and I can't remember what the deal was with the third string guy, but you basically start your fourth string guy. Was it Grayson Mulestein or Mulestein or something like that? I don't remember all that. It's not a real person. Yeah, and somehow you still squeeze out enough points to go three and zero in those three games. It's like your fourth string. I think he was like a had been moved to tight end at some point. I I, I can't remember. And that was the terrible. You ended the year against Cal in the Cheese Bowl, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, it was like, no, you take it. No, yeah. you take it. No, That's you right. take it. No, okay, that quarterback Rogers. The the they had like this big recor- recruit out of Shreveport, who Justin got, Rogers. Yeah, who got the same injury as Jalen Smith for the Cowboys and had drop foot or whatever. Drop foot. Yes, and like he literally like couldn't move his leg. And I don't know where. I think he transferred. I don't know where he ended up. But that, I that's, did not believe he ever played it down. Yeah, uh, and, and I and I think going into I think you know at the time that he signed with TCU, I think a lot of people had him you know as as basically one of the top five, six quarterbacks in the country. Yeah. Cliff uh, really wanted him. Yeah. Cliff, Cliff loved the guy. Uh, anyway, I mean, you know, the most impressive thing, even, even that, even that year, uh, you know, you manufacture enough points to win. And I think, I can't remember, they, they averaged high fours per carry high four yards per carry uh, that season with everybody kind of knowing it was coming. Uh, and then 2019, uh, I think was the first year that you had uh um, uh, oh, why did I just blank on? Uh, oh, he's run for approximately 100,000. We make him look like Seneca Wallace every time we play him. Uh, Max Duggan. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you start him pretty much most of the year uh, as a true freshman. And yeah, I think part of that was uh, some direction from the top to go a little more run heavy that year. But you wind up basically in the, I think you ranked 66 that year uh, as the quote unquote play caller and, and uh, average almost five yards of carry, something like that. Pretty balanced offense. Uh, next year, Jerry Kill and Meacham take over the play calling. Personnel doesn't change. Roughly same result. This year, you finally you would have would have had an upper class, uh, you know, multi-year starter healthy for the whole year. That was the other thing last Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you had some health problems uh, throughout there, but so, but, but the, the bigger thing I was looking at was, you know, from, from 2020 to 2021 at Texas Tech, effectively the personnel offensively is, is unchanged. It's, it's a year further down the road. But other than that, you, you started Columbia for six uh, of the nine games. You can swap out TJ Storman for Jack Anderson, um, call that a wash, and then you, you added Kalen Geiger, um, uh, which if there's any positivity there, I guess that credit ought to go to go to Cumbie, but really last year, I think Yost with Yost at the helm, we were 61st uh, in the country uh, in offense in OF plus. And this year, when I, when I started doing this research, we were, I think 18th. Uh, and now after the OU game, we've dropped to 26th or maybe we were 23rd and have dropped to 26th. That's what it was. Um, so unquestionably an improvement, mm-hmm. unquestionably, like, I, I don't know. I looked at a bunch of different metrics, probably half a dozen, um, and by every metric imaginable, the offense has improved demonstrably in just one year. And both and so, multiple quarterback uses. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, I also went and looked again, I, I think comparisons, the thief of joy and the grass is always greener on the other side of the, uh, and so I kind of went and looked at like, okay, who are kind of the people that, that Cumbie's getting compared against? Well, here's, 
here's kind of some of the, if, if you were asking, if you were just to pull Red Raider sports, you know, okay, who are the best offense coordinator minds? You know, who, who blah, blah, blah. I mean, just this is no order. Uh, Dana in the last decade has had one top fit, one top 12 year period. And that was 2012 uh, with, you had Geno Smith. He's had one other top 15 year. And that was when Will Greer was healthy all year. That was going to be my uh, guess. Yeah. Other than that, uh, you know, he, he, he went uh, 84th, 56th, 41st, 36th, 33rd, uh, you know, not, you know, by no means is this consistently like top 15 offenses uh, during his time at West Virginia. Um, look at, look at Leach. Um, two of the top, uh, since he came back into coaching, he's only had two, uh, two um, appearances in the top 12 in both years. Yeah, Minshew started pretty much started every game, started virtually every snap that mattered. And then Anthony Gordon the next year, um, healthy upper class quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, in the years where uh, where he didn't have that, he went 97th, 50th, 39th, 36th, 57th. Uh, and then last year, Mississippi State was the year before Leach got there, like 30th. Uh, they went to 97th last year and they're at 45th so far. Uh, this year. Uh, Kendall Bryles, uh, 21st the year at uh, 17 at, at FAU. Was that him or Kiffin? Who knows? Uh, he goes to Houston. They go 26th. He goes to Florida State. They go 61st. He goes to Arkansas. They go 56th. And then uh, this year so far, I think they're 33rd uh, at Arkansas. So below Cumbie, um, yeah. which we can talk about the obsession with the quote-unquote Bryles offense uh, <laughs> here, here, here in just a little bit. Just uh, call him out by, by name. Call out Ben Golan by name when you say that. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. Um, yeah, Lincoln Riley is on paper the the most you know the most impressive uh, statistically. You look. I mean, he's been top ten pretty much every year. Um, but he's also had he had two back to back number one picks at quarterback for four straight seasons that effectively uh, you know were healthy the entire season, and then Jalen Hurts uh, the year after that. Uh, this year, obviously, hasn't been as impressive statistically, but they've had quarterback problems. Yeah. Um, Phil Longo is another one that's been really impressive. Um, you know, first year uh, at uh, at uh, Ole Miss, they dropped a little bit from 18th to 26th, but then the next year they were 10th. Then at UNC, he's gone 26th to 4th to 8th. Um, but again, same QB pretty much every game his entire tenure there. Um, Jeff Grimes at Baylor, he was 68th at BYU that first year. The next year, all of a sudden, Zach Wilson starts every game. Turns out he's a pretty good player. They go third. Uh, this year, I think they're in the 30th. Um, Jeff Levy was another one that I looked at. Um, it's really hard to say, like, what's him and what's Kevin, but they're really good uh, on offense, whether that's on a Bryles tree or not. Um, Josh Heupel was another one I looked at. Uh, I think they went uh, 57th his first year, then 24th. Then at UCF, they were top 15 all three years that he was calling it there. Uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, 2014, he was third, 15, 22nd, 16, 12th, 17th, 21st. And then I think 18 was when they made the jump maybe to uh, FIU and were 64th and 45th. Um, Graham's had a pretty solid run at North Texas. He was 113th, 67th, and 70th. And then at USC, uh, during the time that he's had the slowest kid healthy, uh, he's gone from 11th to 20th to 27th uh, or 23rd. 
uh, in his time there. And I could keep going and going and going, but the people that basically you're ahead of with Henry Columbia as your starter, uh, Josh Heupel, Doug Meacham, Garrett Riley, although that's changed actually since I made this list, Riley's jumped. I think they're at 20th now. Scott Frost, uh, Graham Harrell, Joe Moorhead, uh, Kendall Bryles, Grimes, uh, you know, and Zach Hill at, uh, at Arizona State, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I think the biggest thing that I learned going through all that data is if, if you give somebody a healthy quarterback for an entire year uh, and they're a good offensive coach, you're going to see really good, uh, impressive um, uh, numbers. I mean, look no further than Matt, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur, everybody, you know, the guys, you know, like, 30 something and seven as a head coach in the NFL. And then, you know, offense just can't, can't get a touchdown on the board, no matter how hard the chiefs try to give it to them uh, with, with, with Aaron Rodgers out. It's just hard when, when it's not the guy that's getting reps every week. It's not the guy that's in rhythm. It's just, that's, that's really tough. And then the other thing that jumps out at you is when you have better talent than everybody else. It's like, if you look at the top 10 and Hunter could probably talk more to this, but when you look at that top 10, top 15 in the offensive and defensive rankings, it's Ohio State, it's Bama, it's Georgia, it's it's all the guys with just better talent. I mean, it, the reason that Oklahoma's in the top 10 every year, yes, it helps that Lincoln Riley is a really fantastic offensive football coach, but also they just, as a relative factor to the people they're lining up across the ball from every Saturday, they've got better talent too. And so, you know, when you look at all that, I think uh, you, you have to look at it and say, given the, the, the talent that hasn't changed from last year to this year, uh, how you could say with any, with, with even a little bit of seriousness in your voice that Sonny Cumbie has been anything other than a drastic improvement is beyond me. And you can say, Hey man, you know, Cumbie's terrible. We got to get him out of here. He's a failed OC. Some of the stuff, ridiculous things that I've seen posted on the message board. You can say those things uh, and you can believe them if you want, but they are not grounded in facts. They're not grounded in data and they're not uh, congruent with reality. So that's what the deep dive into the data uh, showed me. At this point, I'm going to take a break and have a glass of bourbon. <laughs> well, that was a uh, that was a lot of information. That was good stuff because I was I'm convinced. I, I think <laughs> the, the I mean the bottom line is you can look at every single option either has warts because they are have been a coordinator and they put a product out there and they've had some years where they've gone backwards. Or, but relative, when you compare Cumby to those guys, he has done as good or better than most of all, or all of them. I mean, yes. that's, and, and this, and this year though, you just can't deny how that our offense has been productive. Uh, and, and I don't know, another thing we haven't really talked about is we, we are playing just in the big 12 in general is just playing much, much less possessions. Yeah. So yeah. if you're going to say like, okay, well in 2014, you know, we scored this amount of points per game and, and compare it to this year, it's just not going to be a very good comparison because there were more possessions then. And the defenses weren't as good. Like those, when you were talking about Cumbie it had like, there was some regression in 2018 and 2019 at TCU, every offense in the big 12 had that. I mean, like really? Cliff's offenses weren't very good then because this Iowa state double quadruple million clouds everywhere. Defense was stopping every was, causing a lot of problems and so uh, i mean i, I do agree uh, i don't know you know maybe there's no, a better option out there um if we could get them but it's not going to be like it's not a slam dunk i don't think if you're if you're talking comparing company to any option that we could get but like i'm looking at like if you just go to football outsiders and you look up their fei ratings for right updated for this week tech is sitting at 22 
And so, you know, just if you just look, if you go through 21 and up and think, could Tech get the offensive coordinator at, at a school better than us? You know, you're looking at uh, North Carolina. Don't think you're getting Phil Longo. Um, Auburn, UCLA, you're not getting Chip Kelly. Texas, you're not getting Steve Sarkeesian. You know, Air, Army, Army is above us, Hunter. So maybe. maybe uh, I was maybe. about to say, I thought you were going to skip them on purpose. <laughs> no. <laughs> Iowa State is ahead of us, which is shocking to me. You skipped uh, Air Force. I did. Um, Coastal Carolina, which if we were going to run the option, that's the version I'm running. But you're not getting that guy. And then it's Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Michigan. I mean, like, you're not getting any of those guys is my point. And, and so you're not you, getting any of their players. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know. I mean, you know, that that's that's to me. I, I look at doing all that with, you know, and, and this is not a knock on Henry Columbia, who I think has, like, been a valuable member of the program. And I, I'm really grateful as a tech grad for how much work and blood and sweat and tears he's put into it. But the physical limitations are are what they are, you know. Yes. And and so there's a reason that he starts every year great. And then as defenses figure him out, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Like it's not like you said, it's not his fault. He's done, he's been a good soldier, as they say, but it's just one of those things. I know. Yeah. The uh the thing about Columbia. And I, I saw somebody post this on the board. This is a little off topic, but I, th- I think it's interesting is, you know, they're talking about where would he go? You know, is he going to follow Wells to his next stop? You know, wherever that is. But to me, I think, I think he would be a great FCS quarterback. Like, I think he would be awesome. You know, I almost would like to see that for him or, you know, which he may, that may be a step down for him, but I just, I, we and Hunter have talked about it before. He is like a perfect my quarterback sprained his ankle. He's out for two weeks. I need a guy that won't lose the game. And like, yeah. to, that doesn't exist in college football anymore. They, those guys transfer. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's been awesome to have him, but he's been asked to do more than that, which has been unfortunate for everybody. Yeah, no question. And if you had a different team composition, if you had a better defense, all those sort of things, uh, you could, you could situation that, or you, you could situate that potentially a little differently and, Maybe it looks different, but, you know, I think, uh, which to that point, this is another thought I had was, hey, if you'd had the same progression defensively as you have from last year to this year offensively, yeah. you'd be seven and two and ranked in the top 20 uh, and everybody would be feeling, you know, obviously, you, you know, the world looks completely different uh, today. Um, so that's the kind of jump that we're talking, going from 61st to top 25, whatever, you know, plus or minus 10% uh, is, you know, uh, again, that, that's why I say like you 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 can if, if you got your, you got your problems with the bigger Texas Tech apparatus and you're just like look I just want to be done with this so like get get us the heck out of Dodge with Cumbie that's fine but don't pretend like it's it's rooted in reality it, or, or or that the data backs it up it, it doesn't. Yeah, that, I I really like looking at it that way. Of, like you said, if the defense were to take the same jump as the offense we would be having just such a different conversation right now. It's unreal. That, that's a good way to look at it. No doubt. No doubt. So you're so com- anyway, I, 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 I think, you know, it sounded like from, from what I've been reading that, that Cumbie will be in the mix for that OC job. And I think, you know, coach McGuire will have a lot of options at his disposal and, and, you know, be, be going through that process and figuring out what he wants in an offense and who he's comfortable with and recruiting and, character development and all those different things. Um, 
I just hope that the general, there are some, you know, there's some percentage of the Red River sports community that appears to be jaundiced towards Cumbie as an option, just by virtue of sort of maybe his association with tech, or maybe they're just sick of everybody talking about what a great guy is. And they're just like, you know what, who cares? Uh, you know, I'm sick of everybody talking about a great guy. This is, uh, you know, screw it. He left us for TCU. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know if Cumbie dated their girlfriend in high school. I don't know what the deal is, but that, 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 you know, the more I look this day, the more I was like, man, why we wouldn't, why we wouldn't want this guy as, as to be in the mix for office coordinator. I don't know. It's beyond me. And I almost think too, and Hunter, you may have an opinion on this, but if it almost because of these, the, for whether Cumbie is ahead, ranked ahead or minuscule difference that Cumbie's getting paid regardless. So you might as well, if it's close, I don't know if, that money would be better spent elsewhere. Recruiting analysts, on-field analysts, whatever. I don't know either. And I, and I like, um, I, I don't know if uh, McGuire would do it, but, you know, trailer has that, those pass game coordinator, run game coordinator, co-defensive coordinator yeah. model too. I don't know if that could be something that we'd be looking at as well. Um, having Cumbie be pass game coordinator, um, even if he's not calling the plays. Because we always existed in that relationship, at, you know, with that TCU. But then, yeah. but with McGuire, I mean, he's been so. This is his fifth year in the conference, and Cumbie's been in the conference all the all those years as well. So, um, I mean, if if McGuire picks Cumbie, he's not he he's prepared against him. He's been you know with defensive coordinators at Baylor that are good, and and has an understanding of what Cumbie does. And if and if he picks him, I mean, he's got a pretty good reason for doing it. I mean, he's very familiar with him, obviously. Um, so even if he's being considered, I think that that would be kind of a um, a sign that he respects Cumbie. Yeah. I mean, having competed against him for the last five years. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of it like that. But and it definitely seems like he's being considered. To me, you know, just thinking about the names listed, it's hard for me to picture Graham Harrell as OC here. It's hard for me to picture – I mean, I don't think – Levy, Levy, Kendall Browse. I don't think you're going to see them here. I get to me, it's either Kitley, Garrett Riley, Sonny Cumbie. Those are those seem to be the most realistic names to me. And I, I see an argument for all three, but I, I, I don't see how you how Kit or how Cumbie isn't the obvious choice there, unless you're just not going to want Cumbie because and, other reasons. And McGuire's been. Cumbie, right? The a holdover from a prior staff, and there was some value, I think, to to what McGuire did at Baylor, staying there when Aranda came, and so, uh, you know, I I could see him wanting that, having someone that's that's been at that school and kind of solidifies and kind of just rallies everyone around a new coach. I think there might be a ben some benefit to that, especially if, I mean, we've got a couple games left. We're going to see a, a quarterback who's young play, and there's. A, I know you, you don't hire a guy for one player, but you at that position you you do. I mean, yes. quarterback is that important? I mean, if you if the difference between Cumbie and the next guy is some small small number, that can be made up for by keeping Donovan, and if he's that good, you know, I, I don't know if we've seen enough yet to know if he's that kind of if he's that caliber quarterback to where you're you know, taking a, a small disadvantage at play caller to keep him. But yeah. it would that equation would work out, in my opinion. 
Yeah. And if you even look at just DeAndre Smith, Donovan's dad, just his job, I mean, he's recruited as well as anybody. His guys play as well as anybody's. I mean, I don't know. I I would be, and I said this before I knew McGuire was the guy, but I would be immediately questioning the judgment of the the head coach if 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 DeAndre Smith wasn't retained. You know, if he wants to go somewhere, that's fine. But it just seems like Donovan is at least, and we like you said, we'll see. The other thing Donovan, with Tokumbi uh, goes to the field and he moves that guy Jake Brown to the box, and I don't know if you noticed, but Jake Brown or he was at Baylor, was there with McGuire. He is, if you stalk people, social media, he's him and his wife are following, you know, like McGuire's kids and his, his wife and some of these recruits that were offering one of our commits, I think tagged Jake Brown. Um, and so, uh, if that, you know, McGuire's familiar with him. Cumbie obviously liked the guy to bring him here and now he's putting him in the box doing a pretty important job, I would think, considering that's what Cumbie was doing before he went to the field. I mean, there's, there is some synergy there between those three guys. No, no. Yeah. And, and I mean, Cumbie's known, I think Joey McGuire for a while, both prior to, you know, re- from recruiting Cedar Hill and just from being around the Texas football scene. And I think has a, a an incredible amount of respect and affection for the guy. So I, mean, I think from that standpoint, I don't think it could have worked out any any better for for Sonny, just in terms of like somebody that he already has a great relationship with, somebody that he already thinks really highly of, um, all those sort of things. And I think probably the feelings feelings mutual. Um, and uh, I, I do agree with you with both both what with what both of y'all said in terms of like I, mean, I don't think you're going to go wrong with any of those guys. Like I don't think any, I don't think it's like whoa, listen, if you hire candidate B, like we will never score another touchdown again, uh, yeah. contrary to what some <laughs> contrary to what some posters might say. But yeah. I think you'd be in great shape with any of those. But I do think, you know, uh, you know, it's it, f- for those that are letting maybe the narrative of the, you know, getting demoted at TCU or, you know, some of the things uh, like that, you know, sort of uh, prejudice their view uh, against Cumby, A, you know, I think it's it's hard to evaluate any of that stuff at TCU from the standpoint of like, you know, Gary Patterson's not the most mentally stable uh, human being when it comes to you know sort of managing and running an organization. Yeah. Uh, and 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 then two, uh, just you look at all the the uh, the ancillary stuff, and I think that's a good point, Hunter, about you know like there are these incremental little things, and when you look at the relationships that that Sonny's built over the last ten years. Everywhere he goes, you know, his players love him, would run through a brick wall for him. Uh, recruits love him. Coaches love him. Parents love him. People love him. I think generally because in, in a world full of sort of, uh, you know, flash and, and pomp and circumstance and all this sort of stuff, he, he's just kind of a, a real normal guy and genuinely cares about people. And I think that that tends to line up to, to me with what I've seen from Joey McGuire and how he'd want to run a program and, and feel like he'd be a good fit. You, you also have to look at like when, when you're evaluating say Zach Kitley and uh, you know, I, I haven't spent a ton of time around Zach, but have, you know, think that guy's future is pretty dark, pretty doggone bright, but it's just hard to evaluate because again uh, you know, f- from most of his, you know, sort of OC career that you could gauge, 
he's had not just Bailey Zappi, but the, you know, Stearns at wide receiver and, and, and hadn't had to deal with, well, Bailey Zappi's a darn good. I mean, that, that guy could have started for you at quarterback uh, each yeah. of the last two years, hands down. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, it's hard to say what, what he looks like if, if he's having to play two thirds of his games with the backup. Um, same thing with Garrett Riley at SMU, et cetera, et cetera. So in other words, it, it's hard for me to make those comparisons and not look at it as mostly people just wanting to try something different in the grass being greener on the other side. Yeah, I agree. It, and I'm of, I don't know if it's even of two minds here, but like I want Cumbie to be the offensive coordinator, but I also want McGuire to choose the guy he wants. No question. You know? And so it's, those two things may align, they may not. And, and so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But I don't know. I think if you're just dismissing Cumby on what you've seen this year, you're too close to the situation. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. No, no, and it's like some of the, some of the criticisms that I've seen is like, oh, well, his play calling just doesn't have very good feel. Like, you know, we, we finally have, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we kind of finally have, so-and-so on the ropes and he tries this, he takes this shot with the, you know, with the wide receiver pass that turns into an interception. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of textbook, you know, like a lot of play callers do that. If you get a, you get to a good down and distance from the 45, your opponent's 45 yard line, like you take a shot, you know, and yeah. that could have just as easily worked out as not like that. Well, that doesn't make that a good or bad play call yeah. objectively or someone complaining about, you know, we get before half against OU and run two horizontal plays. It's like, Hey, look, you know, <laughs> we're 20 point underdogs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like at the end of the day, you try to get your ball in your playmakers hands. And like, you know, I, I think a lot of those concerns uh, and, to me seem like, seem like cherry picking. And to me, I almost think grading his offensive coordinator abilities that's done now that he's acting head coach on the field, because you can, if you want to use his game management play calling in the red zone against OU against him, I I think that's incredibly harsh after, you know, after going from just calling plays up in the box to now I'm in charge of everything on the sideline and calling sure. plays. Like I, I don't, I could change my tune if things start going really well, you know, but as of now, I think the uh, judging his play calling, I think that window has closed because I just, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be really difficult. And, and he may grow into it as the games go. It's crazy. We still have three left or two, whatever. But yeah, it's just wild yeah. to me. So no, you're right. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think to, to some extent, it's like the the Cumbie, like the name Sonny Cumbie has become sort of just like a choose your own adventure thing on the board. And it's like you got some people that are still blaming him for James Washington not coming to tech. <laughs> yeah, like, that is true. Hey, Look, man, like he had no control over who got offered at tech and he turns around and gets the TCU job. And like, like 12 hours later, James Washington has an offer from TCU. Yeah. I don't know that it's fair to say that it's Sonny Cumbie's fault that he didn't get offered by tech. Like, you know, just like, Oh, how did, why did he leave for TCU? It's like, well, he got a promotion, a title <laughs> bump. He got the coach quarterbacks and they paid him three times more than he was making here. Like, what do you want? Like, I, you know, it's just like all these things that people bring up, like, to me, it just it, it feels like again, like you're talking about something else uh, yes. bigger than the issue at hand. Completely agree. Well, this was fun. Hunter, you got anything else? I don't think so. I mean, what do you? Yeah, there's a lot going on. We got another defensive I, line commit while recording. So <laughs> no way. 
Yes. Yeah. Another Cedar Hill guy, a Cedar Hill defensive tackle. So we, we own Cedar Hill right now. How was Cedar Hill's defensive line this year? Were they pretty good? <laughs> pretty good? I will. I hope so. That's, I hope so. <laughs> uh, well, well, Hunter, you're the advanced analytics guy based on the, based on the betting and all the data you're looking at. Was it, was I way off base in my, in my data dive there? Uh, no, I mean, you know, and I hadn't looked at, uh, TCU year to year like you have, but I mean, what you said makes sense. I have looked at tech from this year to last year and it is, I mean, it's crazy how the, the jump we've made, it's totally, it's totally shocked me. And cause I said before the season, I thought our, our offense would struggle because it struggled last year and we had the same personnel, you know? So the only thing that's changed is Cumbie and it's, you know, I, I would have said it wouldn't have surprised me, I guess, um, to, to be in the position we are just from in the sense of having a top 20, top 25 offense, but I would have thought Shuck would have played every game and been really good. That's, that's what would have made me not surprised by it, but that hadn't been the case. I mean, we have had a quarterback disadvantage in almost every game that we played. And then when we didn't have one, maybe West Virginia, we won. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's got to change. And I, and I think for, McGuire, he's in a really good spot because we've got some options there for him, assuming they stay uh, compared to Wells. I mean, Wells was <laughs> he Wells was going to have to be a really, really, really good coach to overcome our quarterback issues. Mm-hmm. And it's when you when you add up like just think of what what will be what makes a hire successful or what what will um, what factors will help a, a new hire. It's like to me, make number one might be the schedule you play. That's going to be the most telling thing about what your record is. What's what's another one? Like your line, how good your lines are, quarterback play, um, injury luck, maybe. What are some other ones? I mean, All right. so out of those, out of those four, what are the what is the one thing that tech has a chance of competing with anyone in this league with? And it to me, it's it's quarterback play. Like yeah. historically, we should be able to get a high school quarterback from the state of texas that's good and and he should be better or as good or better than a lot of programs yeah we we haven't been we haven't done that in the last four or five years we have had a walk-on or former walk-on or a transfer playing quarterback for us mclean carter nick shimanek henry columbi tyler shuck i mean we it just makes no sense we that is the one thing like we're not gonna it's gonna be hard for tech to have a dominant line it's going to be hard for Tech to play a schedule where we just have a more talent than everyone we're playing. It's going to be hard for Tech to just – what were some of the other ones I was saying? Um, yeah, bottom line is that's something we've got a chance to be good at, and we haven't yeah. been. And, but for McGuire, the situation he stepped into, it's, it seems, on paper at least right now, Baron Morton, Donovan Smith, Tyler Shuck, to be favorable. Yeah. It's been a the schedule part's improving too when you yeah. see Texas and OU leave. Yeah, and you've made this point before. Look at the the quarterback room when Wells took over compared to the quarterback room you just said. It's night and day. Yeah. Well, and I was even looking I, as I was going through all that data. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but can y'all remember the last time we started the same guy all 12 games? Do you remember what year that was? Uh, that's that's a good one. Seth Daigie? By my count, 2012. 2012, Seth Dagey. Seth is the last time we had a quarterback for all four years, like a quarterback that we signed out of high school that stayed Mm -hmm. at Tech for four years and was a contributor. Yep. Last time. You know what our our OF 
plus ranking was in 2012? Well, it was great. 11th. Yeah. Wow. That was a great offense. Yeah. Yeah. And you go eight and five. I mean, that's like, you know, I mean, you, you, you were one or two balls bouncing your way from, I think, you know, having one or two more wins. Um, so I think that's a great point, Hunter. It's like you, you're in the state of Texas, the quarterback sort of mecca of the world. And you ought to be able to have, you know, better quarterback play and better injury luck, frankly, at quarterback. <laughs> that has got to turn at some point, you'd think. Which a lot of that, I think, has to do with, you know, my business partner, uh, Daniel Charbonnet, played at Tech. And, you know, we were talking about this this morning, and he just mentioned that the underrated factor in that equation is, is offensive line recruiting. And yeah. having a good offensive line, too, and be able to keep your quarterback's jersey clean. Yeah, and, and that, that's the part I, I slightly – disagree with hunter on about we can't compete offensive or line i don't think defensive line i agree but i offensive line is different i think you can recruit and develop good offensive line i think you see oklahoma state do it i think you see kansas state do it iowa state i think you can get those guys but they they're not you're not going to get guys that come in as offensive linemen freshmen and contribute, which we've had to do this year. But if you get those freshmen red shirt them and they start as junior seniors, I think they're good offensive linemen. Then I think you can, you could have a good offensive line compared to the conference if you do it that way. And it just seems like we've been trying to duct tape the offensive line for so long. And now you look at this year and it's just like, that got bad. <laughs> and now we're seeing it. Well, and just culture too. That's one of the things that I'm like excited about, you know, with, with, you know, having Joey McGuire in that seat is that you need somebody that can inspire people, somebody that can really build relationships and convince kids to stick around and develop and just really, really not just like them, but want to run through a brick wall for them. And uh, that on top of the recruiting, I think is, you know, that's probably what's got me the most excited is you got to convince those kids to stick around for five years and just endure some, not all that fun, uh, you know, after the recruiting process is over and they come in thinking they're the man, uh, those those next two, three years aren't always that fun if you're going to be a, a program that really develops kids. And, um, you know, that and if you can if you can build a culture where people stick around. Yeah, I mean, if you're a current offensive lineman, you, you've had what if this was your fifth year on campus, you would have had what three different coaches, three different ways of learning stuff, three different yeah. sets of terminology. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff's not good for those kids either. Yeah, it is a, is an interesting time. And, and it's crazy to look at the board right now. And it's, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen the board like this for football. Maybe Cliff's 7-0 and start was the last time. Like, it's been a long time. It's just crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to look at the board. Somebody just posted, like, I mean, it's, people are it, – it, Usually people are like, I can't wait for basketball season. Basketball season starts tomorrow. There's like no basketball posts. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that says a lot about the state of our board currently. No doubt. But yeah, no, this, this was fun. Um, any any well, closing thoughts? I appreciate you guys having me on. I haven't, I haven't done a Red River sports media endeavor of any sort since uh, <laughs> Dickens and I used to have a weekly thing we did that uh, we had to, Kill back 2009, but I believe the due to Dickens' surname, the uh, the the common nomenclature that that report received on the board was not age appropriate or appropriate for mixed company. So I'm just happy to be sharing the uh, the podcast airwaves with you luminaries 
<laughs> and uh, love love what you guys bring to site and appreciate you guys having me on. And if you're a poster listening to this and you've been dogging on Cumbie without without any data backing you up, you know it's okay. Like you can <laughs> just just change nice. change change from the error of your ways. At J period Strebeck. You can you, <laughs> all all comments can be directed that way on the board. <laughs> all under my name, baby. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh it looks like we're gonna have a lot to talk about these next few weeks, and football games may or may not occur. So we will talk about those as well. So we will see y'all next week. <laughs>